Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. Amen. We are going to read one of the most fantastically famous Christmas Bible verses. It comes from the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to be reading verses 6 and 7. It's just two verses. Luke chapter 2. The Christmas story. Haven't our creative team done a great job this Christmas season? Let's give them a hand while they're here. You can hear Herman Ada playing beautifully in the background behind me. Have you guys recovered from carols yet? No, they're still a bit tired. How great was carols last week? That's pretty awesome. Love doing that. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. If you don't have a Bible, you can Google it. And if your phone doesn't have reception or whatever, all good. I brought my Bible and I'll read it to you. It is Luke 2, 6 and 7 says, And while they, talking about Mary and Joseph in the manger, were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So here we are today in 2022 celebrating what happened a couple thousand years ago, celebrating this particular moment in time, this particular verse, this particular thing. But what's fascinating is the spot that Jesus actually lay. They didn't lay him in a beautiful little bassinet. They didn't put him in a little ultra baby side bed. They didn't put him in a little hospital thing. It was actually where he lay that caught my attention because they put him not just in a manger, but in a specific spot in the manger. Now, this is not a spot that typically you would put a baby. It's actually a spot where typically you tie animals up and then you feed them. And while they're tired, so they don't run away, they're eating and they're happy. You can check them if there's ticks or lice or anything that you need to do. So they would be at peace in this spot. And that's the spot that Jesus picked he was going to make his arrival and rest on Christmas, right? Now, that made me think, because I'm a dad with two kids. I've got two great boys on the front row, Ezekiel and Isaiah. Give us a wave, boys. Very good. They are more alert. I don't know how. They don't have coffee and they are still more alert than I am, even though they've been up since 4.45. When you figure out the secret kids, you tell me. Um, But you know the fascinating thing I noticed when we had our two babies was when babies sleep, I had this perception in my head before I had kids that they would sleep completely still. They would never move. They'd just sit there and they'd be frozen in a moment in time. You'd be able to get the perfect Instagram photo. And some babies do sleep like that, but but my two boys would roll around and they would spin around and they would end up upside down and they'd move all over the place when they were their little babies, which made me think, because we talk a whole lot in church and amongst our Christians about God moving and God doing this and God doing that and God moving and all that kind of stuff. But the first time that Jesus moved was actually in a trough meant for feeding animals. And that got me thinking, if that's the spot that Jesus picked to move first, if he didn't move in a palace, if he didn't move in a synagogue, if he didn't move with a bunch of believers, if he picked a messy trough, I started to think of the significance of that because the Bible says that um, we have Jesus in us. And so if Jesus is in us, what's the implication that the first spot he moved was a dirty, messy manger? And I asked myself two questions. Everyone say two This made me ask myself two questions. The first one, number one, everyone say number one. What if today is actually my manger? What if today is actually my manger? See, if I could just be real and vulnerable for a moment, 
while I do love Christmas, it's my favourite time of the year, there are parts of Christmas in my memory that are not that great. I have layers in my Christmas experience where I would probably wish I could forget that. There are parts of Christmas that are a little bit awkward for me. There are parts of Christmas that I do want to avoid. And so I go into Christmas with some of those things. And like a good Christian, I give those things to God. I say, Jesus, those parts of Christmas, I don't really like that. I give my whole life to you. I give Christmas to you. Do whatever it is that you want to do. And I take a step back thinking that Jesus is going to do this great thing out there in the parts of Christmas I don't like. But then I started to think, if Jesus is attracted to messy troughs like that, what if he's attracted to that situation? And then I asked myself a scary question. If Jesus is alive in me, and he is, what if he wants to use me as his proxy? What if he wants to use me as his representative? What if he wants to use me like an ambassador and send me into messy situations, broken situations? What if the things I'm trying to avoid are actually my manger? Hmm. What if that stressful thing, what if that painful thing, what if that awkward thing is just a manger that Jesus is attracted to now as he was 2,000 years ago, only this time, He's sending me as his representative, which is a scary thought, right? I started to think about, see, God wasn't put off by the smell of the manger. God wasn't put off by the animal trough. God wasn't put off by the things that were feeding in the midst. He was drawn to it and he picked it as his perfect birthplace. So what if, or if we're like Christ, what if all the parts that we're put off by, what if all the parts that we're avoiding, what if all the things that make us uncomfortable are actually drawing the attention of Jesus this Christmas day? What if that extended family Christmas party that we secretly hope gets cancelled due to COVID, what if that party, what if God's like, that's your manger? What if that stressful uh, situation with that group of friends that you don't want to tackle, what if that thing is your manger? What if, what if that financial situation that you're just rolling around in your head, what if that's your manger? What if all of the things that you're hoping to avoid this Christmas are actually the things that Jesus is the most interested in? Is there anyone alive out there? See, I started to think about the little animals, right? And their stench. And if I was Jesus and I had all the power and glory, I would avoid that. Just like if I was Jesus now, I'd probably avoid all the painful things, all the awkward things, all the difficult things, because why should I have to deal with that? I'm Jesus. But the character of Jesus does the exact opposite. The character of Jesus is drawn to things that other people want to avoid. So what if the thing that you're most trying to avoid this Christmas is actually the thing that is making Jesus leap inside you? Just a thought. Just a thought. See, we often think that Jesus has abandoned us to our issues, abandoned us to our problems. I just got to go to this stupid party on my own. And we think it's this whole little thing and he's standing back there and we're going through it. But what if Jesus hasn't abandoned you, hasn't avoided you, hasn't stepped back? What if he's right smack bang in the middle of that situation, just as he was a couple thousand years ago? And what if, rather than trying to work around you, what if Jesus actually wants to work through you this Christmas? What if he plans on using you? If you believe that, give me an amen. What if the animals in your world, 
I say that in inverted commas because I'm sure none of your family are animals. Some of mine. But anyway, what if the animals in your world are actually the place that God is going to bring supernatural change? Which then got me thinking, if that's the case, if that situation I'm trying to avoid is in fact the manger, if God is actually going to work through me, then I started to wonder, I'm not that perfect. Are people going to see Jesus in me? I've made mistakes. Who's made some mistakes this year? 40%. Well, it's kind of stoked that the other 60 are here to lead us into 2023. See, I read this story and I'm like, well, of course, that's Jesus. But I'm not Jesus at that family Christmas party. I'm not Jesus in that health situation. I'm not Jesus in that thing. It's not like people are going to see me and say, well, Jesus has arrived to cut the turkey. So what would you like us to do, Jesus? Does any of your family look at you like you're Jesus? Some of you do. This is fantastic. Adopt me. Uh, I want to be in a family like that. So that made me ask a second question. Everyone say number two. What if I don't look like Jesus? What if I've made some mistakes this year? And if I'm honest, when I turn up at that thing, people aren't going to be like, Jesus has arrived. What if I've had a past and people think, you ain't Jesus? What if I'm really honest when I look in my own heart, I think I'm not Jesus, right? So that's a big one. Let's go outside in. The incredible part, I think, of this Christmas story is that they were all entertaining Jesus and most of them didn't even know it. It's not like the animals knew it. It's not like the innkeeper knew it. The neighbours clearly didn't know it. See, Jesus often turns up in places we least expect and he's often covered up by very, very natural things. I mean, even Jesus' face didn't make him recognisable. The Jesus that was in the manger and the Jesus that was on the cross 33 years later looked very different. Has ever, anyone ever played the game where you try to spot, you get baby photos and you try and pick who is which person as an adult? It's actually hard. And sometimes we can get it wrong, which means even when Jesus was physically right in front of them, I don't think they would have recognised that, right? And in your case, they won't necessarily recognise you too because yes, Jesus is alive in your heart, but when you turn up, he's going to be covered by your clothes and your shoes and your fantastically fantastic Christmas shirts. He's got a Christmas shirt. Give us a wave. I love it. I have Christmas sweaters, but I've realised since moving to Queensland, they don't get a lot of use at Christmas time. I put them on and I'm like, Ugh. anyway. Um, so Jesus is hidden by my Christmas sweater, by your elf t-shirt, by whatever it might be, right? But here's the thing, right? The animals didn't recognise that Jesus was Jesus, but that didn't make him any less God. The innkeeper didn't recognise he was in the presence of Jesus, but that didn't make him any less God. A lot of the people who were dealing with him didn't recognise he was Jesus, but that didn't make him any less God. And when you turn up to that thing, and when you tackle that health situation, and you're worried about that financial situation, they don't have to recognise what's alive inside of you he is still God. Your situation is not dependent on everybody recognizing that they're in the presence of Jesus, right? If you believe it, say amen. Even your situations may not at first recognize that they're in the presence of Jesus, but Jesus will begin to minister and shift that thing going into 2023. Some of you are apprehensive about your year because you're like, man, I've got this thing going on. I've got that thing going on. I've got this other thing going on. I am here to encourage you. Those things will bow before the presence of Jesus in the end. It didn't start like that, but it will finish like that, right? 
all you have to do is ask Jesus where he wants you to go and what he wants you to do and leave the rest up to him. Do you want to find fascinating about all the characters in this manger? None of them are stressed. None of them have taken the assignment that Jesus gave them, which was to turn up and added all these other layers to them. They did the exact thing they were asked to do and they left the rest to Jesus. See, so often when we go to that family thing and we deal with that situation, we feel the pressure now that I've got to be like Jesus, I've got to be all this and I've got to be all that and there's all this stuff and it weighs on our head and it gets very, very heavy. But the truth is Jesus isn't expecting you to cope with that pressure. He is more than capable of handling all the pressure in the world. He's God, right? So take the pressure off yourself this Christmas and ask Jesus, where does He want you to go? What does He want you to do? And then just do that. Mary and Joseph did that, they turned out just fine. The shepherds did that, they turned out just fine. The three kings or the three wise men or the magi, whatever you want to call them, they rocked up, they did exactly that and they were just fine. Nobody in this story is carrying the weight that Jesus carried. And in your story, you don't need to carry the weight that Jesus is carrying either. Take a step back and hand it over to him. You do not have to get every single person saved by the end of that turkey. That's on him. That isn't on you. Just do the thing that he's told you to do. So if he's told you to go and have a good attitude, do that. If he's told you to forgive somebody, do that. If he's told you to go and sit next to somebody that you don't want to sit next to because that's the smelly uncle, do that. Do whatever it is that he's asking you to do and then put the rest of the pressure on Jesus' shoulders and take them off your shoulders. You know, some of the health things that you're facing and the financial things and the other bits and pieces that you're looking at 2023 and going, ask him what he wants you to do. Do that and then put the pressure on his shoulders and take it off your shoulders. He is more than capable of handling it. And if you believe it, say amen. But that brings me to the other side of the equation. That's what other people see. What about what I see? Because sometimes I look in the mirror, if I'm honest, and I don't see perfection. I don't see Jesus. I think of all the issues. I think of all the problems. I think of all the flaws. I think of all the dumb things that I've said over the years, and I cringe anyone else do that. It's just me. Okay. Um, look in the mirror, and it's like, oh. I hear a message like this and it's like, go and be Jesus. And I'm like, I don't think I can. I think when I look at that, I don't think I can. You know, um, the good news is though, that God has a solution for that too. You know, it's actually the reason he turned up in that manger 33 years ago. The reason he turned up is the reason I can answer that question. Because 33 years after his little manger experience, he dies on an old wooden cross, right? to shift the things in our heart that are messy, that are problematic, and that cause us to cringe when we look in the mirror, right? So for some of you, you're already carrying Jesus in your heart this Christmas. And what you need is a little bit of a Christmas clean. Anyone do a Christmas clean in the lead up to Christmas Day? Most of you didn't. You must have fantastically clean houses or horrifically pigsty houses. I'm not sure. We had to do a Christmas clean. And by that, I mean... Krista did a lot of cleaning and bossed me around. I was like, no, no, not like that, not that, not that, because I'm, any good cleaners in the house? Anyone that knows that you're not a good cleaner and you just take instruction? Come on, come on, let's be honest here. Jesus is watching, right? So some of you, you've already got Jesus, but he does need to do a little bit of a Christmas clean, right? And for others, this moment, this Christmas experience, this service is an opportunity for you to invite Jesus into the manger of your heart for him to take over as Lord, which means when he says go that way or do that thing, you do that. 
and Savior, which means he wipes the stable clean. He forgives you for everything you've ever done, right? Because his death on the cross and his blood that was spilt paved the way for us. And I know some of you are thinking, that's a very odd thing to bring up on Christmas. But if you take the cross out of Christmas, Christmas doesn't make sense. Why would you turn up to a manger if you're God? Why would you deal with a bunch of annoying people? Does anyone else find people annoying sometimes? A third of you. This is the most God. I didn't realize I was preaching to angels. Hallelujah. This is fantastic. Any angels in the house? Some people put their hands up. That's great. I love the self-confidence. Back yourself. That's great. Christmas Day. Well, far be it from me to beat the self-confidence out of you if you think you're an angel. Sometimes people are annoying. They can be hurtful. Why would you put up with that if you're not God? So Jesus came down. He put up with a whole lot because of the cross. The only reason Christmas makes sense is because of the cross. And if you take the cross out of Christmas, what you end up with is marshmallows, which is great. I love marshmallows, but they're not very filling. So we're going to do something at the end now, which is a bit odd to do on Christmas Day, but if you think about it, is the most poignant day to do it, and that is we're going to take communion. So if you've got a little one of these cups, you can open it. If you haven't got one, just give us a wave, and our ushers will grab a cup for you. Because without communion, you actually can't deal with the two questions we asked today. The first question that I asked is, what if this is your manger? And I think if we're real... If some of those things that we're facing are our manger, we're going to need resurrection power. We're going to need the help of God. We're going to need God's help if we're being nudged, maybe to forgive somebody. Maybe the person that you need to forgive isn't even alive anymore, but you woke up this Christmas morning with a feeling of like, I need to do something. And you're like, I want to forgive them. I want to forgive them, but it's just so hard. You are going to need the power of God to help you. Or maybe... Like I said, it's turning up to that thing. Maybe you've, you've been invited and you don't even know if you should go, but your heart's thumping in your chest because you know it's actually where Jesus wants you to go. And you're like, I don't think I have the strength to do it. Maybe you don't, but with resurrection power, you can. Maybe you're facing a health issue this Christmas that's just huge and you need resurrection power. Maybe you're um, uh, dealing with a financial need and you need resurrection power. You need power of Almighty God. We cannot answer the first question without communion. But maybe it's the second question as I open my communion. Maybe for you, it's, it's not so much the, um, you know, what is your manger? You get that. You understand that. Maybe the difficult thing for you is what if I don't look like Jesus? What if I don't look like Jesus? What if when I look in the mirror, I don't see Jesus? Which I think all of us face if we're real. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he answers that question too. His body was broken. His blood was spilled so that we could enjoy a Christmas where He comes in and makes us look a little bit more like Him. So if you're a Christian, you know you need that because every now and then we all need to clean up our hearts. And if you're not a Christian, this is your opportunity to get yourself right with Jesus. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close your eyes. I'm not going to take too long because everyone that was up at 4.45 will be asleep soon. But just want to give you some privacy because this isn't a big moment where I want to get you to come up the front or do anything weird. I just want you to stay in your seats. I'll stay here, you stay there. I'm not going to get you to stand or do anything else. But if you need Jesus as Lord and Saviour, if you need Him to come and fix the what if I don't look like Jesus question, I just want to give you an opportunity to do that. 
I'm going to pray for you. You stay there, I'll stay here. And your first Christmas miracle will transpire. He will come into your heart and everything I preach today will be true for you and true for your life. He will clean things up. He will unlock His resurrection power. He'll actually answer the first question as well as the second question. So if that's you, while no one's looking around, while everyone's got their eyes closed, if you're like, Phil, pray for me. Jack, you can pray for me, man. Just so I know who I'm praying for, can I just get you to slip up your hand? Yep, thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that hand. Come on, if you need to give your life to Jesus, now's your moment. Thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Awesome, I see those hands. Here's what we're going to do. going to pray a little repeat after me prayer. And as Christians, we know we need to do a bit of spring cleaning in our hearts as well. So we're all going to pray the same prayer together. Every single Christian and every single person that put up their hand, and even those that didn't that think, I probably should have, here's your moment. I just want you to repeat after me and then we're going to take communion. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, please come into the manger of my heart. Please come into the manger of my heart. I invite you in, invite you in as, Lord as Lord and Saviour. And Savior. Help me to follow you. Unlock your power in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And just before we take communion, if you need the power of God to help you deal with your manger situation, maybe it's a family thing, maybe it's a health thing, maybe it's a financial thing, whatever it is, I believe in Christmas miracles. We've seen some people get healed this December. We've seen financial provision coming for people. We've seen forgiveness of people. We've seen some really cool stuff happen. So it's Christmas Day and you're in a church. If ever there was going to be a chance of a miracle, it would be today. If that's you, can I just get you to raise your hand just before we take communion. If you need a miracle in either a big area or a small area, just lift it up. I don't need to know what it is. Jesus needs. Jesus knows. If that's you, I'm just going to pray right now. Jesus, we just thank you that the Christmas story proves you are in the business of doing miracles and you're pretty good at it. So I just pray for every single miracle that's needed, Lord God, whether it be health situations, financial situations, whether it's forgiving someone and it's like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna forgive that person. I want to, but I need a miracle help with that. God, whatever it is, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would move in that situation in Jesus' name. I am Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.